0: Hi, friends. Welcome to the cast. Uh, We're done with that horrible, horrible Klingon bilge. Klingon Klingon garbage scow of a language. And here we are. We're going to learn some nice, easy Esperanto. And it'll sound nice. And it will be easy to say. And it will be fun to learn. So let's go. Let's get in. Ne. So, ne. Ne. Me. Oh, wait. I'm sorry. Uh, Cancel. Cancel lesson. Oh, wait. We have to do at least one ne. lesson. So, ne. It says no.
1: Me. Laboras.
0: I work. So, that's me. Am I? Me. And laboras. Laboras. L-A-B-O-R-A-S. Um, once you get used to it, you'll be able to tell exactly how a thing is spelled pretty much just by saying it. Um, Because every every letter gets pronounced and they all get pronounced
1: Mi estas Adamo
0: They all get pronounced the same regardless of where they show up in a word so Uh, Mi estas Adamo Uh, I am Adam
1: Vi estas Sofia
0: You are Sofia So estas means are Me is like the me I pronoun V is the U pronoun. Uh, Adamo works would be Adamo laboras. Laboras, like labors. Uh, write this in Esperanto. No, I am not Sophia. Let's see. Ne. Mi. Ne. Estas. Mi ne estas. Sophia, you are Sophia. V, estas, Sophia. So we're also spelling it S O F I A, not P H. If there's a F sound, it's always an F in Esperanto. Um, and that gets us through the first lesson. So now we can actually look at the tips. I don't like how they do that, how you have to do the first lesson before you can read any of the introductory material. I think it's really poor planning on their part. Let's read the tips. Tips and notes. As you learn Esperanto with this course, you are welcome to check the tips and notes for each skill. They can help to answer any questions you may have. Some simple Esperanto rules. Each letter has a unique and separate sound. For example, longa is pronounced longa. Both K and N are pronounced in kanabo. You say all the letters and each get their own sound. Very simple. The emphasis in every word is always on the next to last syllable. Sometimes called the penultimate syllable if you read an old enough book about that where they use the word penultimate. For example, all two-syllable words will have the emphasis on the first syllable, as in zero. And all three-syllable words have the emphasis on the middle sna- syllable, such as kna Kna, kna, kna is one syllable, because you have to say it as sort of like, K and A, you gotta do a kna, but it counts as one syllable. And how do you know where the syllables are? It's where the vowels are. I learned this from a friend uh, you can't, you basically can't have a syllable without a vowel in it, in, like, any language. That's kind of, like, that's what makes vowels be these special things that we care about. So, yeah, syllables are always going to have a vowel in them. be Uh, all action words, verbs, always end in as when talking about what is happening now. For example, me laboras. I work, I am working. Mi estas, I am. Vi dormas, you sleep, you are sleeping. All words for a thing or a person, an animal, a place, etc. And in O, for example, libro, a book, viro, a man, hundo, a dog, australio, Australia. The is la in Esperanto, for example, La Viro, the man. A and Un are not used in Esperanto. For example, Viro, a man. In means female. Viro, man. Virino, woman. Knabo, boy. Knabino, girl. Actoro, actor. Actorino, actress. Esperanto Alphabet. The Esperanto alphabet has 28 letters. They include all the letters of the English alphabet except Q, W, X, and Y. A few letters have accent marks. If you are spelling an Esperanto word out loud, the name of each consonant is the sound that the letter makes followed by O. So a B is BO, an S is SO, etc. The name of each vowel is the sound that letter makes. Here are approximate English equivalents for each vowel. Esperanto A ah, is like an English ah. Uh, Esperanto, uh, I'm going to say the English names of the letters so that we can be a little clearer about when I'm saying the, the letter and when I'm saying the actual sound it makes. So Esperanto a has an English ah sound. Esperanto e is an English eh sound. Esperanto I is an English E sound. Esperanto O is an English O sound. Esperanto U is an English O. The letters C and J, a little bit special. So C is a Ts sound. Uh, so like in the word pets, that t's at the end of pets is, is the sound that a C makes in Esperanto. Uh, so an Esperanto example of that word would be, uh, latza. And Latsa is, uh, tired, I think. Uh, Esperanto J has an English equivalent in the, the Y in yet. So yeet, yeet, uh, or like yellow. Uh, an Esperanto example would be the word yes, which is, means yes. The English word yes and the Esperanto word yes, uh, Shockingly, are the same thing. Uh, here are five of the accented letters. So we're skipping one of them, but uh, here are five, six, five of the six. Esperanto. So we have C with a with an upward pointing accent over the top. The the shift six, uh, the the exponent sign. If you do shift six on your keyboard, it probably produces an exponent sign, unless you've got some keyboard that isn't the U.S. keyboard. Why would you ever? have that um i know in the english in the uk some of the symbols are different uh on the standard uk keyboard and some of the symbols are the same so i don't know if if 6 is still the exponent mark but the little a little exponent carrot on a c uh has the ch sound like in chair uh an esperanto example is chu which is um it makes a sentence into a question uh, Esperanto accented G is a J, like in large. Uh, an Esperanto example is G, which is the pronoun it. Uh, an accented J is like in leisure. Esperanto example would be Ajo. I don't remember what Ajo means. Uh, so it's it's not quite a Z. It's sort of a DZ a leisure, um, or azure, depending on azure, depending on where where you pronounce how you pronounce azure. Uh, Esperanto accented S is in is a sh like in shoe. Esperanto example is she. Which is the pronoun uh the like like she the English word she and the Esperanto word she, though spelled differently, are again the same thing. Um Esperanto ooh. So this is the, the first the previous four have the upper arrow over top. Ooh has a downward arrow over top of it. And there's there's no key that makes that. Um and it makes a sort of a W sound, like in wet. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Uh, and the Esperanto example is au. Uh a, aux. Uh, if you if you don't have or wait, I think yeah, they're about to talk about it. Never mind. Um, it says Esperanto keyboard. To obtain an Esperanto keyboard that will allow you to easily type these special characters, please refer to our forum by following the link uh, below. I already, I have a program called, uh, Type A, which, uh, sits in the background. It's a Windows program, and it lets you, if you type using the X system, which we're about to describe, it will convert into the accented version. Um, and it says, What if I don't want to install the keyboard for just this course? Duolingo recognizes the X system, an alternative method for entering the accented Esperanto characters. To use the X system, simply type the letter that requires followed by an accent. So CX is CHO, GX is JO, HX is HO, uh, JX is JO, SX is SHO, and UX is WO. Uh, for example, type S-X-A-N-G-X-O to spell shanjo Uh, note that Duolingo will not convert accented characters entered via the X system in the answer immediately when typed, but will recognize them when they are submitted for checking. Okay. That's easy enough. They, uh... They haven't got, they've, they've gone over the letters C and J and the vowels, but we haven't learned how all the rest of the letters are spelled or pronounced, so, so whatever. All right, I'm going to hit start lesson. All right, which of these is man? Well, we know that. It's Vero. Vero. Which of these is woman? And again, we, we learned that from the lesson. Virino.
1: Virino la virino laboras
0: so la is the virino woman laboras uh works is working so, uh, present the present tense for work uh, so the woman works
1: sophia dormas
0: dormas so sophia is the name of Sofia, uh who's one of our sort of example characters that we use in sentences dormas is new uh, dormas dormas uh dormas is sleeping uh like like dormitory uh is that's sort of the it's it's a romance language romance language influenced language so so you there's sort of you can usually find some connection to a word that we have in english because english has such a french influence even though we're technically a germanic language uh so we're going to say uh, Sofia is sleeping.
1: La viro kai la virino dormas.
0: The la viro, the man, kai, kai is new. Kai. Kai means and. At least in this context it means and. There, there's a there's an extra way to use it that we'll learn later on. But for now kai just means and. And then la virino, the woman, dormas, sleep. So we have the man and the woman sleep. Uh, Duo says we're going to get to the harder portion of the lesson. I sleep a lot. So me, uh, dormas, a lot. We don't know that, but we can hover over and it says multe. So we're going to put multe. Me dormas multe, or me multe dormas. You can the multe is an adverb. Uh, so you can put it before or after the verb that it's modifying. It's kind of whatever style you want. Um, I work with Adamo and Sophia. So uh, me laboras. And then with, we don't know with yet. So we hover over with and it says kun. Is it actually says kun, pre, per. Um, pre and per are... Uh, ah. uh, pre and are other words that form phrases where the word with would be in the English translation of the phrase, but they're in, in this context, when you work with someone or like two things with together that way, then that's, that's kun Uh, Kuhn is called, um, uh, preposition is the word. Yeah. uh. Actually, I forget. In English, they're prepositions. In Esperanto, I forget if they're called particles. No, I think they're. I think Japanese is called Japanese calls them particles. I think they're still prepositions in Esperanto. Um. Anyway, the uh the prepositions don't follow the same easy spelling rules. That the nouns and verbs do. So you kind of just learn them. Uh, so, Kun is with. And then we have Adamo and Sophia. Uh, so, Adamo, Kai, Sophia. And we uh, finish that off. Uh, let's see so here's the thing we got these experience points and uh if you get enough perfect answers in a row you get more experience points but honestly I don't think that's how experience points were if you get them all perfectly in a row then I'm not sure that you are learning as much because you already knew it so like shouldn't you get more experience for getting things wrong and then struggling and, and until you get it right, I feel like maybe that's should be your points. I don't know. Uh so that was lessons two out of three for the hello skill. Um, after hello, the uh, the other early skills are greetings, today, family, daily life, home, and names. So, uh, let's start the third portion. Uh, which of these is the United States? And that's usono. Oh, I thought it was going to make a sound. Okay. Well, it hasn't made a sound in a while. Which of these is office and the oficeo?
1: Officeo. Oficio.
0: Oh, yeah, there we. That made a sound for that one. Uh,
1: La oficeo estás en usono.
0: La oficeo estás en usono. So that's the office is in, so Ooh, n,
1: someone, n, n, n,
0: it's, uh, this is another one of those preposition words, uh, it means in or into, or it could mean at, it usually means in or into, and particularly in the early lessons, it's going to always mean in, um, In and into are like, again, like in English, they're similar words, but into is more of like um, uh, sort of tends to indicate that there's a motion. Like you put a thing into a box, but you could also put a thing in a box. It's kind of fuzzy and you sort of have to learn the difference um, as to whether something is in or into. Just naturally. I don't like I genuinely don't know the word for it, but English natives tend to be really bad at understanding how English works because we don't consciously learn the rules that we follow. Um and conveniently in Esperanto, in and in two are both the same word. It's just N. Uh and then Usono Usono. Usono. So that's the United States. As it's in the United States of America. There aren't any other United States, as far as I know. So the office is in the United States.
1: Sofía, lojas en Uh
0: So lojas. 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 That's right. Lojas is a new word that we are learning. It's highlighting the new words in orange. It's usually pretty good about highlighting a word in orange when it's new. Uh, and it's lojas is like lives You could think of the word lodging, lodges. Um, It's that sort of a word. Lojas is like, it's not like being alive. It's like inhabits. Uh, So lives and is living like I live in that house. Not like he is alive. Um, That would be a different word, which we'll get to. N. N is again in. And Australio. So this is a... And then this is the accented U, A accented U, S-T-R-A-L-I-O, Australio.
1: Australio.
0: Australia. All right, so we got Sophie, I got to type it in, uh, lives in Australia. Okay. Um.
1: Adamo venas el Australio.
0: Adamo, and then venas el. Venas. Comes is coming, are coming, El. L. L is from. It could be made up or of, but it's it's generally for like from. So this is Adam comes from Australia. As in Adam is like is visiting from Australia, has has traveled from Australia. That's sort of a comes from. Um Venus. It's not. I believe it's not it means it means more of like like journeyed or traveled comes from not like is descended from the people of australia uh, i think that would be different although i remember this came up just the other day in the facebook group for for duolingo students so so i don't want to make too much of a pronouncement on this one so we'll say adam comes from australia now we're in the hard questions. Uh, the hard exercises, as far as I can tell, the hard exercises are just, we don't say it out loud. That seems to be the hardest that happens. So, Adamo comes from Australia. Adamo, venas el, Australia. I do not live in Australia. So, that's me, ne, lo, Jas lojas mine lojas in australia all right mine lojas in australia all right we have learned level 1 and then it said that it'll open up harder content i'm not entirely sure what that is so what i'm going to do It would take three reviews on the hello section to get another crown. I'm just gonna hit the key and then we'll do it all at once. Uh, Use Lingots or try plus to take unlimited tests. Take a test to skip to level two, wait, what? Oh, no, I can pay money to take unlimited tests or i can spend 5 lingots to test all the way through to level 2. So, i've got 574 lingots. But like you get lingots when you complete it's kind of dumb that you can Then again, i guess by taking a test you're skipping over the practicing which is exactly what you're not supposed to do if you're going to get a lot of like Like, you're learning the language to be able to use the language. And using the language a lot is how you build up the fluency with it. Um, So, like... I can see why... It used to be you could take unlimited tests without... Like, it didn't cost any any in-game currency or real-world currency or anything to do the test. But probably people tested through all the levels, and then they like they they didn't know what they were doing at the end cuz they hadn't practiced like testing through means you practice less all right all right so we have the hello skill done let's do the greetings skill we can do greetings or today i'm going to do greetings just cuz it's sort of on the left side and you read left to right or at least you do and most European languages. Um, let's see what the tips are for greetings. Many expressions end in n. In Esperanto, greetings, thanks, congratulations, and other similar expressions usually end in n. The simple reason for this will be covered in a future skill, accusative, that explains the n-word ending. Question the words. Kiu means uh, which person or thing. When used in relation to a person, it usually translates to who. Kiel means in what manner, or how. Esperanto names. People who speak Esperanto generally use their own names, but sometimes choose a name that is easier to pronounce in Esperanto or an Esperanto nickname. Names for men in Esperanto generally end in O, and nicknames uh, Chio. That's that's O. Three letters. A man named David... Could decide to use David, Davido, or the nicknamed Dacho. Da- Dacho? Yeah, Dacho. Don't want to miss that little J in there. For a woman, Esperanto names can end in O or A, and nicknames end in Nyo. A woman named Susan could use Susan, Susano, Susanna, or the nicknamed Sunyo. I guess that's all. Fine. I'm surprised that if you have this culture of like sometimes adopting a nickname, you don't just adopt whatever nickname uh but like this this nicknaming policy is a pre-internet uh plan like cuz there there were Esperanto groups that would meet and and communicate via Esperanto before the internet and so, sure, maybe back then it was just less culturally accepted to reject the name that your parents gave you, completely. Um, but these days, everyone has a username. Like my 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 parents didn't name me Lokithor. They named me Daniel. It means God is my judge. Thanks daniel jackson from stargate for giving me that little fact um and so like if we i don't know we just these days we have this culture of usernames that are completely disconnected from our given names and also um many people it has become more common and accepted to change your name away from your given name. Uh, Obviously, this is particularly in the case of uh, trans people who uh, want to pick a name that more fits who they are as an adult rather than who they were uh, sort of decided to be at birth. But uh, people can change their name for any reason they want. And it doesn't feel anymore like you would want to necessarily have gendered nicknames like why would you have a specific gendered suffix for a nickname i don't that's just weird i don't that's that's weird i guess do we have an english like a so like you can take any any name and make it a nickname generally by chopping off some amount of letters at the end and adding an e so like sam or samantha or samuel can all be sammy dave uh could be davy daniel can be danny but that doesn't always work like brian You wouldn't go with Bryanny. You might go with Bree Bree. You might go with Bryles. I could definitely see a Bryles. I know a Brooklyn at work and I call her Brookles. And she says that I am the only person who has ever used that nickname on her, but she likes it. So who are we to judge? Locathor, the person in charge of this podcast, that's who I am to judge. All judgments are final until I make a new one. Anyway, enough digression. Uh, Let's start a lesson.
1: Nedankinde, Adamo.
0: Nedankinde, Adamo. Nedankinde is a very long word. It's got like one, two, three, four. Nedankinde. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Ten whole letters uh but it actually the the letters all have a reason to be there so uh we'll we can get into the breakdown of it later but for now we just need to know that it means you're welcome so nedankinde adamo is uh you're welcome adam
1: Saluton, Sofia.
0: Saluton, Sofia, which is uh, like salutations if you want to think of it that way. Saluton means hello. Hello, Sofia.
1: Yes, mi estas, Adamo.
0: Yes, which again, we, we learned about that. Yes is yes. No is ne. So we have yes and ne. So we have yes, mi estas, Adamo. Yes, I am Adam.
1: Bon en in Australia.
0: Bon venon in Australia. So Bon venon uh, is welcome to or it could be welcome, but in this case because in uh, Australia is uh welcome to Australia. Bon venon in Australia. Um Welcome to the U.S. Sometimes you're thinking in Esperanto mode and then your brain kind of f- has a little bit of a little difficulty typing in the English. Welcome to Australia. Bon venon en Australio. And I didn't arrange. I didn't arrange for Australia to be the primary country outside of the United States. The lessons teach about early on. That's just that's just like a little special treat for Dan K. That was totally accident.
1: Yes, me estás adamo.
0: So this is a, uh, a like a listening test. There's no text appearing on the screen. So type what you hear. Yes. Uh, so in in the type what you hears, and this is something I I accidentally do sometimes. Uh, you are expected to type it in the language. Do not translate it. Uh, as you type it down. So, yes, me estas Adamo. So, yes, me estas, uh, Adamo. You have to type it in Esperanto in this case. Uh, harder questions. Who is sleeping? So, Q estas is sleeping? Oh, wait. Do we do estas dormas? No. Actually, we don't. Um... So in English, is sleeping, sort of form the two words together form a verb, and the is is just sort of a little connective bit. Um, but in Esperanto, you just put kiu dormas, and then the the is sleeping verb stays as just one word, and there's no there's no sort of connecty bit. Kiu dormas? Did I type it wrong? D-O-R-M-A-S... Oh, I didn't put the R. I put Domas. DORMAS. DORMAS. <laughs> thank you. You're welcome. So, thank you is NE DANK INDE. And, you're welcome is BON VENNON. What?! Oh, no! I got it wrong! Thank you is DANKON! friends i made a goof uh thank you is dankon you're welcome is nedankinde now you can already see i, I we're we're going to get this explained later as i said but you can already see that there's this dankon and this nedankinde uh the dank d a n k dank actually hi Dank. your name means Literally, thankfulness in Esperanto. So there you go. Um, Dankon, danko, is like thanks. Uh, and nedank is like n- not not thank. And then inde means like a bull, basically. So inde is like not thankable. Like you don't need to thank me about this thing. Which translates into English as, as you're welcome. Like, oh, you don't need to thank me. It was no trouble. That sort of a thing. So "ne kinde," and dankon. And they both actually have the same sort of thing. So here, like I said before, uh, we got the question wrong. And there's so many questions you have to get right per sort of run through the skill. So this is the only one left. So it just immediately shows us the same thing again. So thank you. You're welcome. Dankon. Ne... Ne tank inde Oh oh I spelled it wrong. I put E instead of O or O instead of E. Whatever. It accept it. Sometimes it'll accept it and say, Oh, you're off by one letter, but we're gonna let you go anyway. Um so that was greetings one. Let's see. Hmm. So I decided to sit down and record all of the, uh, well, not all of the, a bunch of Duolingo all in one session. So I did all the Klingon stuff previously, and now I'm doing all the Esperanto stuff. Um, and to be clear, if you're wondering, I never plan on doing, in fact, uh, I'm just going to briefly go into my user settings and delete the Klingon course from my... Um, on my let's see, settings. Let's see. Learning language. Reset or remove languages. Remove Klingon. Yep, I don't get it out. Get it out of here. It's dumb. Alright, back to Esperanto, the good language. So we're not gonna be learning more Klingon. If you wanna if you wanna hear a bunch of Klingon, you should watch Star Trek Discovery. I've only seen season one. I don't know about seasons two and three, but in season one, they speak a lot of Klingon and I think it's pretty well acted. I really, I like, I like season one of Discovery in terms of what the actors are doing. The actual story is often stupid, but uh, the actors do their job well and I blame the writers for telling the actors to do weird stuff. Uh... And isn't that often the case with TV shows that like the actors really put in a lot of work to make, like the actors are often very professional and they will, like you give them a script and they will do the script and like maybe they try and give feedback on like how the script would be better, but, but eventually the way that the script comes down, usually the actors will do the dumbest thing that you tell them to do and they will often do it pretty well. And I like that about, like, professionalism means different things in different industries. Um, But I, I think it's an interesting part of acting that professionalism and acting, part of it means doing what the script says to do even if you personally think that it's stupid, which in the context of acting is fine. There's a lot of contexts where you shouldn't do a thing that you think is stupid anything where, like, the use of force is involved, then you should probably resign rather than do the bad thing. But we're not at the Nuremberg Trials, so back to Esperanto. Uh, So, as I was attempting to say, it says that I've been recording for an hour and 56 minutes, but I don't remember exactly... When we went from Klingon to Esperanto, I think it was around the one-hour mark. So, greetings as a skill has two more lessons for us to get level one in it. So we will do two more greetings lessons, and then I think we'll—I think that'll feel like a good amount of Esperanto to do, um, and, and then we'll hit. We'll hit. Adamo
1: dormas bone.
0: Um, Adamo dormas bone. Bone is new. Bone. 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 Means well. It looks like the word bone, but remember, this is Esperanto, so you read it bone. Uh, Adamo, so sleeps, or is sleeping. We can put sleeps. Well.
1: Yes, mi estas comenzando.
0: Comenzando. All right, so this is uh, another one of the many-lettered words, but this is uh, not too hard once you learn about it. Um, so, comenz,
1: commence.
0: Comenzando. is like commencement, like to start, to begin. And comensanto is uh, the person who. So, so, the person who is a beginner is a comensanto. Um... And Esperanto means Esper is hope, and Esperanto is one who hopes, um, hopeful person. You might say that's actually why the language is called Esperanto because it was um, made by a person, who, like it was made by a person who was hopeful for a more peaceful world via communication. And if you learn Esperanto, maybe not at first. But maybe eventually you also become one of these sort of hopeful people that wants to increase the communication of the world uh, and through that reduce uh, conflict through better communication and that sort of a thing. That's sort of the vague reason it's called Esperanto. Uh, I think it was originally... I think Zamenhof, the inventor of the language, actually published the book at first under the name like Dr. Esperanto. Uh... And then, later, they sort of, uh, they they came to use their real name in, in the writings. Uh, so, we got, yes, mi estas comensanto. So, comensanto is beginner. And we'll, we'll hear this a whole lot. There's a lot of things about being a comensanto. Uh, and, like, my sorry, I'm only a beginner. That sort of a thing. It's really, 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 really... Really common. Can't stress enough how common this word is in beginning Esperanto. Saying how much you're a beginner. Uh, So yes, I am a beginner. Because the other thing to know about Esperanto is that there's 500 trillion billion people who are beginners at Esperanto. But far less fewer people who are actually fluent in Esperanto. Everyone's always getting into Esperanto. Never using it seriously. And uh, I count myself among them. I don't mean to uh, overly accuse people there. I am a person who is a beginner at Esperanto who does not use it in a, in a sort of serious communication way because I don't have any friends that speak Esperanto. Uh, but maybe one day I'll put enough episodes of this podcast out and then you all can be my friends who speak Esperanto with me. Uh, this is next one is... we. I, I spoke over. I'm going to play it again.
1: Bon tagon.
0: Bonentagon. So we can see that that uh, that bone from uh midormas bone bone B-O-N so we know that E is makes it an adverb. So if we sort of take the E off, then we know that B-O-N is sort of uh, the root uh, or or at least uh, it might be more than one root, but it's it's the, the main part of in bone. So here we have bonan. So bonan, it's uh, on is a, is a type of adjective. It's one of the adjective endings. So this means like good. And then tagon, uh, on is again, it's uh, one of the noun endings. Tag means day. So this is good. Bonan. Bonan, good. Tagon. Tagon, day. Like good day, good afternoon, have a good day, something like that. So, good day.
1: Yes, me dirás.
0: Yes, me dirás. So, yes, I... And then, dirás is a new verb. Dirás. Dirás. I say. I do say. I am saying. Me dirás. Say is dirás. Yes, I say. Uh, So, say... Uh not like speak, speak is different. Uh like I said this, I am saying this to you, that's that sort of say. Kiel Kiel we learned about Kiel. Kiel. Kiel is a how. Um or what what manner? Uh depending on depending on exactly uh when you're translating the rest of it. Sort of changes like the word stays the same, but how you translate it to English can can change based off of English rules for how sentences go together. So kiel vi fartas,
1: fartas,
0: fartas, which I know it has the word fart in it, but fartas is like like doing like faring like how how what is your state of being how how well are you that sort of a thing. So kiel, kiel, how
1: you vi.
0: V V U, how you?
1: Fartas.
0: Fartas. Kiel vi fartas? How you doing? How are you doing? But so and I, and I say how you doing, but it's like kiel vi fartas is uh that's a fully complete like grammatically correct sentence. So how you doing would be considered sort of like uh, non-standard incorrect English, but in kiel vi fartas is considered. Still, like, put, totally formal. Uh, appropriately formal, you could say. Uh, it doesn't, it's not actually like caveman talk. So, uh, here we go. Hard Esperanto. I write this in in Esperanto. Uh, I'm supposed to say, I say hello. So, I is me. Dirás, say. bon venon. uh No, salutón. Midiras saluton. I say hello. Uh, oh, I had, a, I had a little, a little typo there, but that's okay. It was close enough. Uh, good day, the beginner says. So we have bonan tagon la Comensanto La comenzando dirás bonan tagon la comenzando dirás. Ah, oh, I did it again. Diras. I gotta I gotta put that R in there. Okay. Done. Got our experience. Continue. Back to the main menu. Hit start.
1: Gratulon Comenzanto.
0: Gratulon. Gratulon is um
1: Gratulon. Like,
0: gratulon is like congratulations. Uh, like I said, a lot of comen, a lot of Esperanto words sound similar to To an appropriate English word. Although they're not necessarily the most common way to say a thing in English. Because again, they're actually similar to French. And like 30% of English is uh, based on French. Because of that damn Norman invasion. Uh, Don't need you Frenchies, get off our land, that sort of stuff, etc, etc. But that was 700 years ago. We need not hold a grudge. Um Gratulon Comensanto. So we already know that Comensanto means uh, beginner. So gratulon comensanto means congratulations beginner and uh in English, if you called some if you said congratulations beginner, uh, that would have a connotation to it. Uh, Calling someone a beginner like that would be kind of diminutive, perhaps. Uh, That's not, Comensanto does not have that diminutive type uh, connotation in Esperanto. It's it's considered fine to be a beginner. Uh, uh, Maybe, I think in English, maybe if you said newbie, newbie might be closer to how you might want to translate it because newbie is, uh, has a little bit more affection to it. It's like, you're new at this, but we're calling you newbie. It doesn't, it's not necessarily always affectionate, but like maybe rookie could be a translation again. When you, when you start, uh, so it's, It depends on context, but when you're doing translations, the literal meaning of the word is not always what you're after. There's a difference between translation and localization. Uh, Localization, sometimes you gotta go to a little bit of an extra effort to capture the correct connotation so that the Emotional meaning of the sentence in the source language and the destination language more closely match than if you did like a one-for-one one word replacement. Uh, con, congratulations. Uh, oh boy, congratulations. Oh, there's no D in there. The I wrote D. I meant to write T. Congratulations. Congratulations, beginner.
1: But I'm not done.
0: Bonad nocton. Now we know bonen means good. Bonan tagon, good day. So bonen nocton is a good something else. Nocton,
1: nocton
0: is night, like nocturnal. So we have good night.
1: Pardonu, mine estas Sofia.
0: Pardonu, mine estas Sofia. So pardonu is a new word. Pardonu. Pardonu. Means pardon, sorry, excuse me. uh, The... uh, There are multiple ways to say sorry uh, in Esperanto, just as there are multiple ways to say sorry in English. Um, Depending upon the context, we'll end up seeing one or two forms throughout this course. Uh, Pardonu is the, like just when you're you're saying it as a standalone thing, you can just say pardonu. Um, And that's like a verb form. Ooh, we haven't haven't seen that yet, but ooh is a verb ending. Uh, And then there's also an adverb form of saying sorry that we will see later on. Um, but and this is one of those things where again, uh, not everything has a one for one uh, one for, one for one translation between between two languages uh, or like even two dialects of the same language don't necessarily have uh, exact matches. Like I bet, I bet Dan K could throw some wild Australian slang, and then we'd have no way to translate that into American, and that's fine. Not everything needs to be one-for-one one translatable. Pardono, <coughs> me ne estas Sophia. So that's sorry, I am not Sophia.
1: Yes, bonvolu.
0: Yes, we know that one. Bonvolu. Bonvolu. Bonvolu is uh, please. Um, So we know it's a verb because it has that ooh ending on it. And then bon, we can see bon at the start. And just because you see a sequence of letters does not mean that it is that root. But in this case, it happens to be that root. So So there's good something and then something in the middle and then a, a verb on the end so vol is uh like wishes or intent um so bonvolu is like uh, with good intent uh and yeah yeah bonvolu uh I can't I used to remember some words that were English words that helped me remember cuz I like I I've been going over English words that are similar. I like to do that for each root. I try to think of the English word that the root kind of matches with. Um so that you can help remember translations that way. Vol is like uh so like violate would be kind of the opposite like vi- when you when you violate the territory or violate the rules you're kind of going against the wishes of the controlling body um and that's sort of where that vol comes from let's see yes bonvolu is yes please um, bonan vesperon bonan vesperon kai bonvenon so bonan is good vesperon is it's a new word
1: vesperon
0: vesperon is evening so we have good evening and kai and remember bonvenon bonvenon, bonvenon is welcome Good evening and welcome.
1: Uh,
0: Good morning is uh, bonan. We don't know morning yet, so we'll put our mouse over it. Matenon. Or, well, mateno if it's uh, the subjective case, but matenon when it's accusative case. So bonan matenon. M-A-T-E-N-O-N. Make sure i spelled that right yeah bonan matenon good morning um and the reason uh, well no we're not we're not going to cover accusative case I, they said that will be later uh so good night is bonan what's the word for night if you said knocked in you got it right Bonan knocked on see you later this is actually a new phrase and uh, this is a moment where the English and the Esperanto are kind of close, but the literal meaning of the Esperanto doesn't match the um, direct. Uh, doesn't mean the the literal meaning doesn't match the intended meaning. So uh, it's going to say "gis la revido." So we have "gis la." Ravido? Did I spell that right? R-A-V-I-D-O. Ravido. Gisla Revido is uh, literally until the re-seeing, but that sounds awkward in English. So it would be more like until I see you again, or just see you later, which is what you would say in English in that in that context. Buona nachton, Gisla Ravido. Done. Continue level one of greetings. So we've done hello, and we've done greetings. Uh, and then next skills are today family, daily life, home, and names. And then we get to a thing called a checkpoint. Checkpoints are cool. Um, uh, you. You can test directly to the end of a section of skills by completing the checkpoint test. Um, So like, I could theoretically skip ahead to checkpoint four at the end of the tree and pass one test and then it would fill in level one everywhere throughout the entire Esperanto tree. But the point is to do it together with you, the viewers. So we're not going to be doing that. Uh, We're going to We're gonna go through each of these skills and learn them properly. Uh, Do I suggest that people use Duolingo? Uh, Sure. Do I suggest that people exclusively use Duolingo? Not if you're serious about learning a language. If you want to just have a fun thing to do sometimes that sort of lets you learn some words, Sure, use Duolingo. If you're serious about learning a language and you want to learn it properly, Duolingo is like supplementary only. Um, there's like a million little problems that we could go into, I'm sure, but mostly their interface is bad and uh, there isn't enough help that is specific to a language because they're trying to have one grand system that covers every possible two-language interaction. And so it's just too general to cover the specifics of, like, if you're teaching Esperanto and English together, maybe you want to alter the languages... Maybe you want to alter the systems to, like, focus on particular words that are more difficult for English uh for, for Esperanto learners coming from English versus say Esperanto learners coming from German or whatever and Their system doesn't super have a way to do difficult words There was that like flashcard of words list that I saw but then it doesn't uh, It doesn't show correct capitalization in that list which screws over every single language where capitalization matters. Which is not only Klingon, a nonsense language, but that's also, like, uh, German. You're supposed to capitalize things properly in German. And if you don't, then it's, like, wrong. Uh, It's not, you know, it's not horribly wrong, but you're definitely doing it wrong, and you're supposed to be paying attention to your capitalization. Um, So if your system doesn't do that, then it doesn't support German as well as it supports, say, English and Spanish. Uh, and then, I mean, I'm if we went over this, I'm sure we could find lots of problems. But doing just the beginning bit of two different courses, I have two complaints already. So I bet if I did more complaints, then I would... Or if I did more courses, I'd probably pick up more complaints for every single course. Eventually, my complaints would start looping, I guess. But my point is Esperanto is fun. Duolingo is just okay. If you want to learn Esperanto through a system that isn't Duolingo, I encourage it. You can get um, Esperanto books of varying quality. Uh... I'll try and look up some recommended beginners. See, part of the problem is that there's like a, there's a Facebook group for people in the Duolingo Esperanto course, but most of the material in that Facebook group, when people suggest books and stuff, they're assuming that you're learning from the Duolingo course, and so the books aren't like the beginner from scratch books, they're like people suggest intermediate level books. Um, that you would read after you've done the Duolingo course, so they're assuming that you would do the du- the Duolingo course no matter what, which is again fine, I guess. If you if you want to do the Duolingo thing, um, I'm doing it because it's it's free, and so everyone who listens to this can can join and play along if you want. There there is some gamification to it. There's like you can set a daily goal. You get a streak counter of how many days in a row you've met your daily goal. Personally, I don't care about the streak shit. Like if I skip a day learning a language and then I work twice as hard the next day, then that doesn't like, that doesn't restore the streak or anything, which is stupid because like, like if you, if you practice a whole lot every other day, then you're still going to learn the thing over time. Maybe not as well as if you do it slightly less every single day, but seriously, like, come on. If there was a system where it track, like you could track your average experience earned over the past week or over the past month, and then you could like work towards getting your daily average experience up, by doing it every day, or doing it twice as hard every other day, or something, that would be cool. That was one way that they could make it better. Um, but here I am complaining about Duolingo again. So, anyway, Esperanto cool, kai uh, bonen Nocton